because it was a coffee shop, we would flip all the tables and we'd make little rows. We'd make it like a tiny sanctuary. And dude, you would go up to preach and it would be like a little space. And you'd go up to that front section, our mini altar. Dude, there would be tears, weird white vomit. Wow. Puddles of other stuff and like someone's knee brace. And then you'd have to preach with that. And it's like... The knee brace is what got me. Bro. Talk about a story that may be overlooked, maybe an under, yeah, a less like known or kind of like yeah, yeah, or be just impactful to you that no one saw or something like that. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll share that. And then, um, can I drop one more little thing about the Please presents? Please do. Because I just feel like I want to clean something up. Please do. You know, people kind of hear this and they go, "Well, you know, people can hear you know, you're talking about the presence. and people can kind of hear that and go, "Well." I've never experienced that. I've never felt anything. I've never, I, I, it's almost like I was saying it out loud and it's like, I could hear the questions. It's like in my heart right now, I could hear the question. Someone's going to watch and go, well, I've never felt anything. I've never, you know, you're talking about this tangible physical thing. I've I've never, you know, what's, what's that even like? That's why I just want to like double down on like, that's why you start with Raiden just hit it. You start with this awareness and this faith of, okay, even if I don't feel you, I believe you're here. And I'm going to walk in a way that acknowledges that you're always with me. And and I would encourage any person out there, start there. Start with just a, okay, Jesus, I'm open. I believe you're here. And if you're really here, what would my life look like? And if you don't know where to start, the Bible's pretty good. It's, pretty good it's been a bestseller for thousands of years now so so since the start so start there start with the word and say okay jesus if you're here what should i live like and just dive in this thing and start asking questions and start learning what it looks like and i'm telling you the tangible encounters the physical the crazy which we can share some testimonies right now i'll tell you some cool stuff that stuff will come it'll come because when we started Risenation, we could die right in. See the segue? Come on now. When we started Risenation, the way these guys would pray, we started, and I'll just give a little backstory. We started Risenation in Orange County, California. Um, my friend, he mentioned him a couple times, uh, William Hinn, uh, was serving uh, in a ministry, had an encounter with the Lord, felt like the Lord had given him a vision for his generation, had no idea what it meant, but just felt like he was supposed to do something for young people. That's really how we started. And he, he really came to me in Orange County, California. I was serving at on, at a church at the time, really involved with the youth group, um, had dreams of becoming like a youth pastor, Was uh, just got accepted to like a Christian accredited college, great college. It was nothing. I dropped out of the college, but it was nothing against the college. That We'll get to that part. But... Um, shares this thing with me. I said, what is it? He said, I don't know. Straight up. I was like, okay, what is it? Well, what are we doing? What do you want it to be? Or like, what, what are we going at? He's like, I don't know. I just want to see our generation fall in love with Jesus. That was in 2014. And um, so for a year, we started with four guys and we would pray. We would just get together. We would pray. And then one week, one of our buddies brought a guitar. He's a good, really good worship leader. He's incredible. And he brought a guitar, and we just started worshiping and praying. And then that four turned into 10, and then I would say that 10 turned into 30, and then probably about two months later, maybe three, yeah, about two to three months later, we were on a Tuesday nights. So we'd meet Tuesday nights, and um, we were at about 150 college, high school age people. And we would pack this upper room, little, we literally, uh, a church just offered this little attic kind of youth room space, and we just used to use that. So it's packed. We would have these crazy services, and literally there was no agenda. We just were like, we want Jesus, we're going to worship, and we're just going to go after him, and we're going to just sing songs until something happens. In the midst of all of that, had not had any kind of, physical spiritual encounter, encounter. Yeah. yeah nothing but i never forget i this young kid was praying for people and he it's like he would pray for people 
And it was like, you know exactly what's going on in their life. Like, weird. And I'd be like, how are you doing that? And I never forget so innocently, this kid was like in high school. And at the time, I'm in my 20s. So like, here, I'm helping lead this thing. And I'm going to the high school kid, being like, how do you pray like that? And he said, well, I have the Holy Spirit. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, I, I thought I had Holy Spirit. What does that mean? He's, he's like, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I don't know doctrinally where you line up with that. I know everyone. I think God, I think God put me right here for this segment for a purpose. <laughs> Come on, bro. You know, um, some people believe like you receive Holy Spirit right when you get saved. And I agree. I think the the day you get saved and you surrender your life to Jesus and you say, make your home in me, he does. I think there is a time where the Lord comes upon you, but it's not a, uh, it's not this thing that's locked up in heaven that you level up and you like gain it because some people get, get that tangible Holy Spirit encounter with the Lord the, the night they get saved. That was not my case. This was three years, four years later after I'd given my life to Jesus, but I think he was always there. I think really the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a, is a moment where you become aware of him and he tangibly comes upon you. And I think when he tangibly came upon me, that is when I started seeing breakthrough in the stuff that I would read in the Bible, like healing, prophecy, those kind of giftings. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, you should desire to prophesy. Out of all the gifts, you should desire it. But prophecy is not, um, you know, getting on Facebook and predicting elections. That's yeah. not prophecy. <laughs> prophecy in the New Testament is to edify. It's it's hearing God's heart for another person and pulling the gold out of that person. And even if, so like when we're in the streets witnessing to people, I mean, people will be covered in tattoos, piercings. You know, we, we are kind of like in the Fort Worth area, you know, Dallas too. So big city, man, we get everything. There's, Dallas has a huge gay district. We would pray, we used to go to this pizza shop in the gay district, had no idea. Uh, Really, this is how innocent we are. Had no idea. We just really liked the pizza. And there was a lot of guys. They were all really friendly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. Just be free. And a lot of dudes. They're all really friendly. And we didn't know. So we just pray for them. Jesus loves you. Start speaking life in them. I remember one time praying for this guy and feeling like, dude, are you a photographer? He's like, no way. You know? And he's probably living a lifestyle that's so counter to Jesus Christ on the outside. But here's the thing. I don't care. In the most loving way, I'm not disrespecting anyone, but I don't care. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. It doesn't matter what you're projecting. So so I'm seeing this kid. I said, okay, how do I do that? He's like, let me pray for you. So they take me to this back storage room. This is now in Orange County, California, right? Resignation. I just started. Take me to this back room. And, bro, it was like a used storage room. I'm talking, like, ping pong tables and, like, beat up chairs. It was not, like, this glorious, you know, someone threw their, you know, it's okay. You know, my pastor's a hint, so I can make this joke. You know, you know, no one threw their jacket at me. You know, it really was just in a back room. And he said, dude, let's just pray and just ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you and to come upon you. So I started praying it. And, bro, something, the Lord just hit me. Like, something tangible came over me. And I was crying. I was laughing. I was burning. And after that moment, I wanted, that's really what I was talking about with Braden. That's when the shift happened where I said, I'm no longer trying to figure out why I have these cycles of impurity. I just now want whatever that was. And I want him. And, and I just threw my life into the secret place. I buried my head into the secret place. I, I mean, bro, my schedule was literally, I would wake up in the morning, I would pray, I would go to work, I would come home from work, go straight to my room, usually around 637. And I would pray from seven to about one in the morning. And I would do it all over again. And no one had to convince me to do that. It was not an obligation. I didn't feel forced. God wasn't even asking me to do that. I wanted to be with him. So I go through this crazy season. Um, Resonation is growing, it's popular, and we think we're at the top of ministry. We're like, we've made it. And I've learned now that that's not, that's not the pinnacle of ministry, but we thought 
you know, we were young, so we thought this, we made it. We we're popular. Well, during that journey, we really felt a conviction to start reading the Bible. Imagine that, bro. <laughs> we grew to 150 people and we would barely open the word. Just purely off worship. Or worshiping. That's what and, Yeah, worship and signs and wonders. We literally, I mean, bro, we saw people get healed. We were seeing stuff in, in the streets. We'd just go pray for people. Um, I have some funny testimonies, dude. I would pray for people at the gym. I was just such a fool, dude. I don't know what I was thinking, but I just was bold, dude, and I was in love, and I just I couldn't help but tell everyone about it. And and, and you can ask Braden. I'm still that way, dude. I I think I'm just more like laid back now, but I'm still just a nutcase for Jesus. Like I'm I'm chill until you start talking about Jesus, and then I get really serious. I'm like, yeah, come on, <laughs> You're fired up. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, come on, I love that guy, you know. So. I'm trying to give you the story, two stories at one time. So I'm trying to trying to no, keep you're doing it. Good. Keep going. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it reasonable in time. But all that to say, we start opening the word. We shrunk. We went from 150 till there was like 10 of us again. Because really? we started reading the Bible, dude, because the word convicts you. The word calls you higher. The word says, hey, actually, you can't um get the goosebumpies and and keep living the way you are. Like you gotta, you gotta change. And, you know, I, I, I know this now that correction, chastening, um, conviction, they're not things to be afraid of. They're actually, it's God's love. It's, it's his love removing everything that doesn't belong. And one thing we hit a lot and, and God's given us grace to kind of navigate it, but you know, people, and I think you guys, I'm sure you've experienced it in your guys' life. When you really start living for Jesus, like you're like, I'm a Christian, man. And I'm like, I really am a Christian. And I'm really going to live for this, this Jesus. It's amazing how many people, they just, uh, they just switch up on you. They're all of a sudden, they're offended by you. I feel like every time I'm around you, I feel judged. I feel like you're condemning me. Why are you judging me? Why are you always, you know, why you always think you're better than me? And and what's hilarious is you're not doing anything different. You're just you're just boldly going after you're just boldly walking your life out as a Christian. But there's this conviction. And so what happened was is conviction came and then everyone left. Because no one wants to be convicted. We want the the Holy Ghost, the action. So in that season we started to dwindle. We thought we were just terrible leaders and we totally missed it and what are we doing with our lives kind of thing. Because yeah. we thought we still thought it was about numbers. We still thought it was about people. And we thought our metric of success was how many people showed up. We were still we were still buying into that. Well, God, the Lord starts to really speak and just kind of confirm in some really cool ways that we're actually gonna move to Dallas, Texas, which would have never nothing against Dallas. Um, but I'm an Orange County born and raised guy. I grew up perfect weather pretty much year round. Mountains, green, oceans, just spoiled, dude. I was a spoiled brat. So you look like a surfer too, surf ever, dude. Yeah, not like hardcore. Like, uh, I wasn't like a Grom. Like, that's a like I don't a, know that term. a Grom is like a nickname for a guy. It's just like a guy at the beach, like a beach bum. Like, I wasn't a gotcha. Grom. I wasn't like just you know living the Grom life. I actually have a funny. I'll, I'll living the Grom life. Yeah, that's what needs to be on a t-shirt, bro, dude. You know, um. I'll share this quick testimony. This this kid radically encounters the Lord, and when he but he's like surfer dude, like just chab bro, and dude like wow, we we say dude like bro, brah, and um, he's like brah, and he's he's having like a real moment, like he's really like giving his life to Jesus, but we couldn't help but laugh. He goes bro, he's like dude, I want to be Jesus, Sean. I don't want to be Grom Sean. I'm like, no way. So we're like, this guy, he's, but he's really having an encounter with the Lord. He's like crying, but we're laughing because we're like, this guy just called himself Grom Sean. Yeah. And, uh, but he was just surfer, man, all the way. So I was not that, but I, I definitely enjoyed the beach. Definitely would surf here and there. And I was actually part of like a men's Bible study that we would surf. We would get into the word and then we go surf. So I, I, I loved, I loved, being in the beach, I love the weather, you know. So Texas had no appeal to me. Uh, you know, you guys are great, but you know, there was nothing <laughs> in the natural that said Texas. I had no family. 
There was no friends. There was no uh, big ministry opportunity waiting for us. We literally, by faith, said we're shutting it down. We're taking it to Dallas, Texas, and we're going to just see what the Lord wants to do by faith. And we still weren't a church. We were literally just believing that God was going to do something in our generation. And we moved, and it was the opposite of Orange County. Low, slow, small. Um, really small for like years. And we would gather still on Tuesdays. We do still kind of do the same thing. But for years, small. And then I'm gonna, I want to share the... I'll, I'll share really the testimony of what changed, and then I'll share some fun stories within that. Go so the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, we as a family really started with William, but it, it, it was kind of brewing in all of us. Um, we had this encounter with the Lord, and William, it started with Pastor William that he had this encounter with Jesus, and because we were doing the works, like we were praying for people, we were evangelizing, we were baptizing, we would baptize people in a fountain. Like we were still radical, we were still fired up, but something was different, something was missing. And the Lord speaks to Pastor William and he said, yeah, you're doing all the works, but you've never built a home with me. And at the same time, I was in secret really having um, kind of a come to Jesus moment. I was not depressed. I wouldn't say that, but that's extreme. That's a, that's a, I don't like throwing that word around because some people are like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm like, yeah, mm, you, know, you just there's had a bad week. Tears yeah. to it there's, for there's, sure. There's, there's, re- there's real, there's real, people struggle with real depression. I, I'm not, but I was in a low place. Like, man, I'm throwing my 20s away. I'm just wasting my life. I'm here doing this. And the Lord started to meet me in secret. Well, literally, I know it's happening with Pastor William. And so Pastor William, has this encounter with the Lord and the Lord says, you never built a home with me. And we as a house caught this revelation of the Lord, of Jesus wanting to make his home in us, in his people. And it's, it's everything we now as a church, that's like, we, that's one of the main things we pursue is, um, I mean, our conference, we do a conference now. So yeah, a lot's changed since 2018. We do a conference, and it's called Habitation. And our heart is literally that the Lord would find a dwelling place. It's um, It was that cry of David, and it's confirmed in Acts 15 when the Lord says, I'm rebuilding my temple after the tabernacle of David. And I love that because David just threw up a tent, put the glory inside, you know, the ark, and just surrounded it with worshipers and said, this is what we're doing. And Israel was blessed as a nation because of it. So we just believe that that's the Lord's heart. Because the whole Bible is going to end with a new Jerusalem, a city that the Lord dwells in. And actually, it says, behold the bride, the lamb's, or the lamb's wife. And so it's going to end with the wedding. You know, the end of Revelation says the spirit and the bride, bride, not brides, say come. So it's, we, the whole Bible is leading to this narrative of God and man becoming one. That's, that's the whole point. It's what God wanted in Genesis. It's what he was fighting for throughout the whole Old Testament. You know, the, the law and the tabernacles was not because, you know, the Lord's trying to like put people to task. It's because he was a holy God that wanted to dwell with people. So it's been the goal, the whole Bible. So we, 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 just, we, we discovered this revelation and um, I would say it wasn't something new. It was something very ancient and old. And we started to tug on this heartstring of God. If God come dwell with us, come live with us. We don't care if people show up. We just want you. We want you to make your home in us. We want you to dwell in us. We want you to be inside of churches again, you know? And when we started to pull on this thing, I'll never forget, we went from like 15 people we would meet in a coffee shop. We went to, from 15 people. The very next week, the place was packed. Like, we the don't know. Shop. This coffee shop was completely filled we don't know where these people came from. Our promotion was terrible, dude. We had no promotion. We did our live stream on little iPhones. And, bro, this is a couple of years ago. So this is like, you're talking like iPhone 6s, dude. You know, this is not like nice 4K cameras. We did our live stream on an iPhone. We had terrible promotion. Our website was, is what it is. I think Pastor William literally, him and Emily just put it together, you know. So we had no promotion, but all of a sudden we're packed. It's like people came and it was like the minute... We caught God's heart and we made it about him. People started showing up. We don't know why. And in that season, and I'll just share some testimonies from it, but in that season, we started to see 
genuine things that we would read in the Bible, like miracles and healing, people getting healed. Actually, um, so we prayed for people's backs one time. Someone just, I think it was someone had a word for, just felt like there's people with back injuries. So I go up there and I say, hey, is there is there anyone with like back injuries? You know, we just want to pray for backs. Like one lady in the back starts screaming, crying. She's like, that's me, my back. So I didn't, no one even touched her. We just pray for her. We're like, all right, try it out. Uh, we were so childlike. Like, I don't know, try it out. See what happened. She starts touching her toes. She's screaming. Two more people in the front. Their backs get healed. And literally, I'm watching the Lord heal people. And uh, funny enough, the, the, so I didn't know this, but one of the girls that, whose back got healed, she comes to the church now, but she went to that one service. She was so freaked out. Her back got healed, but she was so freaked out. She never came back. And then however many years later, that was 2018. So now 2022, her and her husband come to the church and she, and I was sharing that. I was sharing um, just stories from that time. And she like overheard it. And she was like, I was in that service. I was one of the people that got prayed for. And I was like, no way. You're, you're one of them. And she's like, yeah, we love this church now. And she just was like, I just had to work some stuff out with the Lord, but I'm yeah. back, you know, but we saw the Lord begin to move. I mean, manifest, I mean, people, bro, would, I mean, and what I love is that we didn't, um, go after this stuff. We weren't like, this is a healing service. If you come to Risenation, you're coming to a healing service, encounter service, revival. We didn't put any labels. We just said, if you come, we used to call it a place for him. So if you come here, it's a place for Jesus. So if you're coming here, you're coming for him. And we didn't make, we didn't mince any words about it. And dude, I mean, we would be in worship and people would just start manifesting. And I'm talking like devils, dude. And, you know, if you ever heard them screech, oh yeah, it's not a good time. But it's, it's actually in the moment, you're not freaked out because you're like, this is so holy and so beautiful because the person's getting free. You're just, but no one would touch them. They just be in the environment because the Lord was so present. We would be in the environment and people would just, and they would just get free. I mean, dude, sometimes you would go up to close worship or, or get ready to preach. And, um, cause it was a coffee shop. We would flip all the tables and we'd make little rows. We'd make it like a tiny sanctuary. And dude, you would go up to preach and it would be like a little space. And you'd go up to that front section, our mini altar. Dude, there would be tears, weird white vomit. Wow. Puddles of other stuff and like someone's knee brace. And then you'd have to preach with that. And it's like. The knee brace is what got me. Bro, I'm telling you, it would be like, like things that you read in the Bible. And you just went through a whole section where a lot of people, and I feel like I fall in that demographic, but I realize this is where the Lord has called me mm. out of. Yeah. But it's like safe Christianity. The things mm-hmm. of the Bible, the things like the words used and the vocabulary, the experiences, a lot of people, like, I think it's rooted in fear, but they're like, that is like, yeah, it's like, like that. it's it's challenging for people. Yeah. And that's where I came from. I don't know, Brayden's probably talked to you about yeah. it because y'all were together for two years. Yeah. But, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church that was phenomenal, you know, but I was exposed to the other radical the conservative mm. radical yeah and it planted a seed in me to where that's always been my yeah temptation that i gotta like i gotta fight that and to be like yeah. god heals today god works miracles today if he is god he's gonna work supernaturally he can't yeah. we're not gonna confine him to our rule list and whatever and i'm not yeah. taking shots at any denomination or anything it's just me personally mm. i am leaning towards that and i think it's rooted in fear and mm. getting out of like my, I'm controlling my own narrative. I'm controlling my space. I yeah. control my own relationship with God too. He is God. Yeah. And he's going to move in ways that is bigger than me. I don't know. Yeah. That was kind of take, take that and run with yeah. it because that's kind of, I feel like a lot of people yeah. think the way I do. And a lot of people that probably listen to us and are friends yeah. of ours probably think similarly. Yeah. To that. You know, I would say two things. One, you you just nailed it on the head is if God can be contained 
in our box, then he's not God. He's, he's a version of God that is safe. And I would say this, because I, I know, and, and I think it goes both ways. I, I think we go, we go to extremes sometimes as people. We go, because we've seen something in the charismatic world done wrong, we go all the way conservative because we're like, that can never happen ever, never. Yeah. This extreme right. isn't going to counteract that extreme. It's right. just the right way is the right way. And and I think there's a healthy middle ground because I will say this. For us, we love the presence of Jesus, but we love his word. I, I You know, we don't not preach the Bible and we are never going to not stop preaching the Bible and actually... A lot of times we get in trouble because we start preaching the Bible. And I mean, that was our experience. We had an ultra charismatic, what I guess you would call charismatic, presence driven, young group in California, all spirit, all presence after the miracles, after the glory, wanting to touch. But the minute we opened the Bible, everyone went running for the hills. So we knew that that couldn't be the answer. So what yeah. we did is, we didn't decide, okay, well then the the miracles, the healing, the presence, okay, that must be wrong. Let's just go all the way to the other side, which is all Bible, all Bible, because you you can't live with because the word's really clear. Like the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. This without the presence, without the Holy Spirit breathing on it, it kills. It's 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 Mm-hmm. It it'll it'll actually it'll put you in such a place of defeat where you'll feel like I'll never be good enough for him, I'll never be enough for him. I'll, I'll I'm I'm destined to hell because this the Bible's intense, man. But when when grace and love and His presence breathes on the Word, you love the Bible because you see Jesus in every page of it. So I would say. And this is because I, I know where you're coming from, because I actually the the first church I was a part of was kind of it was actually they're kind of sensationalist, kind of the other side of we don't really believe in any of that stuff. Um, and that was the church that I first started attending before resignation. So but they loved the word and they were great people. So I love the Bible, my roots. I mean, my first three years of Christianity were I didn't have these supernatural experiences. I had the Bible and like willpower, but I found that willpower could only take me so far. I needed, I needed his presence. I needed the love of Jesus. And what you see in the Bible is that Jesus is active and he's present and he's moving and he's tangible because when, when Peter is preaching to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10 and the Holy Spirit lands. If you read that story, you should, if if you're kind of like kind of struggling with those thoughts or you kind of come from that background, you should read the book of Acts because it'll kind of yeah, kind of mess with you a little bit. Sure, yeah, <laughs> but in a good sure. way. So Acts chapter 10, right? Peter goes to preach to the Gentiles, doesn't even believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available to Gentiles. He thinks it's just for Jews. Yeah. So here's that law, right? Here's that law thinking. So he doesn't even think it's available to Gentiles because he's going off the law. As much as this is the Apostle Peter doesn't even think it's for Gentiles. But he has this encounter with the Lord, right? God says, don't call anything I've made unclean, right? He wasn't talking about the lobster. He was talking about people. It was a picture to show that don't don't devalue human beings. They're all precious. So Peter goes. He starts sharing the gospel. The Holy Spirit falls. And it says... It lands on everyone. They all start speaking in tongues. The power of God moves. I will tell you this. God interrupts Peter's sermon. And I'm telling you this. Peter didn't go. I I can guarantee you it wasn't some nice like, oh, this is, oh, very nice. And, you know, everyone was sitting and clapping and going, wow, this is so biblically sound. What's happening right now? No, it's the power of God. They were probably in awe and wonder and fear. And Peter's probably going, what just happened? Like, God just interrupted my sermon. So I guess what God, Peter had to say wasn't that important. Like, God was like, no, nah, I'm just going to just land on Gentiles, and I just needed you to kind of usher me in. And so what you see is that 
God has to be present. I would say there's no, there's really no such thing as safe Christianity. You you can't nerf, foam, uh, whatever cush, whatever other soft word you want to use. Yeah. The Lord, He's the Lord. But, but I would say this: if you're ever part of a presence, charismatic driven church movement, whatever, if they're not reading the Bible, or they're not discipling people. You have every right to run for the hills. If they stop preaching the Bible and Jesus and they're getting away from this more and more and they just are going after signs and wonders, but they never get into this, run, run. Like like sprint as fast as you can out of those doors. I, I would say even for Resonation, if if ever there's a day we stop preaching the Bible or we start adding and saying, well, it's not just the Bible, you need this book as well. Run. Run for your life. But I would also say, don't limit what the Lord can do because of what you've seen done wrong. And I think a lot of times we build doctrine or beliefs or put up walls in our heart because of man's error. But, and, I, and I've heard it said like this, like, if the person really knew Jesus, they wouldn't do those things. I, I think uh, Todd says that. You know, if the, if a person really knew Jesus, they wouldn't have done those things. I, I would say it's the same thing for for charismatic leaders. If they really knew Jesus, if they really were truthfully, their desires were really pure, they wouldn't have done those things. They wouldn't do those kooky, weird things. But I I, I think this is where for for you and for young people and maybe guys your age, don't don't limit what the Lord can do. Don't don't close your heart off because of what you've seen people do wrong. Um. People make mistakes, and to say that it's just one side of Christianity or the other side of Christianity, no, everyone makes mistakes, okay? You know, to say that there's never been a Baptist pastor who's been unlawful, you know, that's like cheated on his wife, you know, you can't say that, you know? Uh, I think, too, just in general, that talking about, I think it was the first question, that the last question that Braden asked, but I told him to ask. Yeah. And uh, experiencing freedom from anxiety and depression. Sometimes it can be as simple as people are just so used to being broken that that's where, yeah, they the freedom's available that they just all you gotta do is walk, walk in it. Yeah. But they're just so their their communities that way, their life, you know, family yeah. family home was that way, their whole life till they got saved was that way. So that's their normal. That's their normal. And. That, that that's simply why someone couldn't be walking in freedom. Yeah. But that in itself, like the fact that I struggled with an anxiety until I was, you know, 20 years old mm. and I don't struggle with it anymore at like basically at all. Yeah. That's a miracle. miracle. You know, the fact that we are saved and that one day, you know, we're going to see Jesus face to face. Like what Christians actually believe is kind of mind boggling when yeah. you really put it on paper. Like what do we believe as yeah. Christians? It's not just culture. It's not just cool. It's not just a friend deal. No, what we believe is supernatural. That Jesus yeah. rose from the dead. Yeah. So yeah. when we really put things to to you know pin to paper, what we believe, it makes things. Hmm. We don't we don't need to grow accustomed to what we believe. We need to. It, this is tying into what we're saying yeah. of like God moving in big ways and and not mm. being scared of God moving in big big ways. But if you really evaluate for what you actually believe. Mm. You've already believed that You've something crazy believed. has happened. If you believe someone rose from the dead, you're already a little kooky. Yeah, so exactly. You you have to just accept that that the gospel is supernatural. And I think the greatest miracle to this day, I think the greatest miracles are is a life changed. I, I to this day I'll always say that the greatest miracles I've seen is lives changed. Is people going really like the the Bible says going from death to life. That will always be more than healing. More, dude. I, I've seen people get healed and then they walk away from the Lord. So it, it's true. The, 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 the lepers, yeah. Jesus healed. Only one came back. And only one came back. How many? I don't know how many lepers it was. Ten. Ten and lepers only and only one came back. So that's right. a fact of what you just said. So it's not, it's a transformed life is always the greatest testimony. And um, dude, with, with, you were saying something really good about... Um, patterns and the way people grow up when you're 
when even if you grow up in something dysfunctional or broken, because that's your norm, you think that that's normal. And what I found that Jesus does is when when love comes in, when when he comes in, you're confronted with kind of a new reality, a, like you said, a supernatural one that, OK, here's this God. OK, he's real. And then he died on a cross and then he rose again and then he ascended into heaven. And he's going to come back one day. And he's going to come back. And until then, he's going to live inside of me with all my junk somehow. What the heck? Well, how does that work? <laughs> no, it, it, it's something that you have to really, Brayden nailed it. It's something you have to step into by faith. But I always, I always say this to unbelievers or just new believers. If you give him an inch... He'll do the rest. It's like, if you're just open, dude, he will break down every wall. And what he'll do is he'll begin to show you, hey, um, and that's why the word is so important, dude, because you got to read God's character and his standard. This Jesus is the volume of the book. You, you got to get in these pages and start in the New Testament, man. If you don't get all of it, that's okay. I, I, Dude, I didn't get any of it. I started in the book of John and I would just read the book of John over and over and over. Um, I say this a lot too. I've said it multiple times, but I think it's Romans four twenty one talks mm. about when Moses believed in God. Yeah, it's like he believed that God could fulfill his promises, and faith was a result of that. Yeah. So faith, and I like what you said about the word. If you read this word, if you read the New Testament, the Old Testament, if you just read God's word, it will produce yep. faith. You know, a lot of people think that we have us over here mm-hmm. God over here and then the faith will bridge and get us there yeah but it's not it's like if we read that word then it will I can't help but believe help. it's kind of like a yeah. different way of and I think it's a misconstrued way that a lot of yeah. people view faith yeah and this know? thing this this thing right here the Bible I cannot say this enough the Bible is alive it's alive it's living it's breathing it's it's God's words. I, I love this saying. I forget who said it. The Bible is the only book that when you read it, the author reads you. It's it's We're preaching now. It, it's on. the only book that when you read it, it reads you. It gets inside of you. And like you said, you might not feel anything. But we got to get out of these feelings. It's not just about feelings. Well, I don't feel anything. I don't feel different. I don't. I don't. Dude, I had someone just share an amazing testimony with me recently that he uh young kind of like christian just new in the lord still still walking through a lot but just has a genuine heart he's open he was telling me how he loves horror movies you know it's halloween it's kind of like that time of year this is being recorded on halloween but you know yeah this is really just it's october 31st halloween or is it i mean i mean it's just just october 31st to me so it's just another day to me yeah yeah (laughs) you know i just it's 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 another day to me. It's a Monday for me. But, you know, for some people I know, you know, they celebrate. It. But for me, it's just another day. But either way, he yeah. was in the festive. But he's so he's new in the Lord. He doesn't know any better. And he, he had been asking Jesus, like, am I really changing? I've been reading the word. I've been praying. I've been going after you. I've been coming to church. Do I am I really changed? He he because he wasn't feeling it. You know, he's like, I, I don't feel changed. So he's like, he's like, I love scary movies. All right. I loved scary movies. So he's like, I'm going to do what I always do and go see like scary movies, like go to the movies and see a scary movie. And this is like childlike, but it's so real. So he's telling me this and he's like, yeah, I went with like friends to watch a scary movie. This is a guy who loves scary movies. He said, I got like halfway through the movie, had to walk out and had to get my money back. I walked out of the movie theater, got my money back because I couldn't handle it. And as funny, almost like backwards as it sounds, he was like, I realized something is different. I am changing the things that I used to like. I don't like anymore. And he was, and he's sharing this with me and he's so childlike. He's like scary movies, but, but it's real. Like, he's like, dude, I couldn't handle the movie. I had to leave. Dude, he went home that night. He said he was crying. He started praying and, and literally he had to pray because he was crying and he felt so upset, like in his heart. If we don't look at, a lot of us look at a day-to-day basis, am I, I think euphoric would be a great word for Mm. it. Like, I want to feel and experience something every day. I want every day to be my best day. Some days, weeks, months, you won't. But if you look at the course, I feel like this is what you're saying. 
yeah. years or if you're just saved yeah try to get to that think of the marathon not the sprint yeah. route of like you look at your course from last two years and you see the drastic change yeah. oh yeah I, I really am changed i didn't feel it mm. i don't feel that two-year change mm. but god's work is evident that's it and and i would say the feelings we don't live by feelings i think i think emotions i've uh i think this is pastor william i'm give him credit right now that he's he has this amazing phrase he says uh emotions make great servants but terrible masters if if mm-hmm. you let your emotions control you they're horrible masters because they will they will dictate your life and you'll feel out of control but they're great servants so this is what it means see the bible talks about hope joy peace patience kindness goodness there's fruits of the spirit Emotions are beautiful if they're channeled through the truth of the word and of Jesus. They're gifts. They're gifts. They're gifts if they're birthed through him. And what you're going to find is if you pursue him, the euphoric, you know, what you want to feel, what you want to experience, those those cool testimonies, they will come. Peace will come. You just said it. Bro, you've been walking free from anxiety. Peace will come. Joy will come. Hope will come. It will bear fruit. But you got to start somewhere. And I think people, you know, they, they have an encounter. They go to a powerful service. You know, I, I, this happens all the time. They, they come to Risen Nation. They experience the Lord. They're like, this is crazy. I'm all in. But then they, they got to they gotta go through life. They got to live life. Yeah. But if you'll pursue him, what you find is the feelings, the emotions will follow. It'll follow. It'll follow what the Lord does. And you have to be willing to walk this thing with the Lord. I die daily is what Paul said. I make a daily decision to lay down my life and to pick up his. And I'm not talking about, okay, I'm a Christian and then I got to like re-give my life to Jesus every morning. That's not what I'm saying. When Paul says I die daily, he's saying I'm laying aside my will, my goals, my desires, my life to, to, to pursue his, his goals, his dreams, his desire, his his heart. And bro, what you're going to see is the feelings will follow. The feelings always follow. Peace will come. There will be fruit. And like you said, sometimes it's long term. And sometimes you'll just see that your daily outlook just looks different. You, you, you wake up different. You just wake up motivated and not motivated to be successful and to be the best and dominate. But you wake up just mo- motivated. motivated, just, just not happy. for anything, but you're just like, man, I just want to go do something i'm just stoked to be alive yeah bro i think our generation just needs a little bit of like i'm just happy to be alive because there's someone sitting at the end of the bed like this i'm so happy that you're awake and this is the day that i've made and i'm ready to be with you and we're gonna have an amazing day and i'm gonna be with you the whole time and if there's shenanigans that's okay i'm with you if it's smooth i'm with you too and we're gonna love life together and i'm gonna walk this thing with you and, and the, the supernatural follows this because you wake up aware of him. And what happens is, is when you're aware of him, you see him. And when you see him, you begin to become more like him because you're, you're, you're beholding him. You're, you're giving your mind, your heart, your emotions to him. And all of a sudden you start to walk like him and it's going to happen natural. You know, those, all these testimonies we're talking about, it's so funny. We never went to a quipping conference. I never went to a ministry school. No one had to, to, I didn't have to go teach you or teach learn you, it. It's just... Learn it. Bro, I didn't, no one had to teach me how to witness to people. I just became love. And then, you know, it was just like a normal person said hi to people. How are you doing? Held the door open for someone. Like, just be like a good, decent human being. See an old lady struggling. Let me help you out of the car. Like, you know, I just, because I was in love, I just couldn't help but be love. And no one had to convince me to love my neighbor. I, I fell in love with him, and it caused me to love my neighbor. And I, I was able to just, hey, I love you. Hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, you're doing an amazing job behind that cash register. Oh, bro, wow, you just made my day. That happens all the time. Me and my wife, all the time. This happens to us. I'll just, I love talking to people while they're working because that's usually when they're in the worst mood. So it's so just when I get them, dude. So because they're especially people in the service industry, waitresses, people working behind counters because, you know, they don't always get treated the best. So I love just being like, hey, how are you? I'm all right. Well, I just want to know you're doing an amazing job. You're doing so good. 
bro, I've had people break down in tears because you just said you're doing a good job and that you are loved and that like, hey, your life matters, you know? That's all I say. I'll just say, hey, you're so loved. You're doing such a good job. And I want you to know that like you have someone that deeply loves you. I won't even mention the name of Jesus. Not yet. I'll just say that. Boom. All of a sudden, I don't know what it is. They'll start crying. You made my day. You made my week. Oh, I had the worst morning. I can't believe you're saying this. This is like, wow. And all of a sudden, the door has flung wide open. And then you get to just say, hey, by the way, I want you to know Jesus loves you. God loves you. You start quoting Ephesians 2, man. God, before the foundation of the world, he loved you and he knitted you in your mother's womb. And he predestined you and he gave you a plan and a destiny. And your life is so much more than even where you're standing right now. And I want you to know that there's hope and that there's a future and that you have a heavenly father that's for you. And bro, all of a sudden, you're preaching the gospel. And there's no, there was no pre-brief or pre-training in it. Get equipped to do it. I it just... Hey, this is what Jesus did for me. This is how he feels about you. And all of a sudden, this lady's having an encounter with the Lord. And you just were like a nice person. Dude, it's so simple. Love is simple. Jesus is simple. He's, he's, there's depth to him, but at his core, he's simple. Like, there is depths and rivers that you'll never get to the end of him. I was talking about The muscle in a trench. Yeah. You ever heard of it? The deepest trench? It's it's tall. It's deeper than Mount Everest is tall. Yeah. You'll never get to the bottom, bro. Yeah. Dude, I mean, how much, we've discovered how much of the ocean? I want to say like 5% maybe yeah, less? Yeah, something small like that. Dude, if we can't get to the bottom of the ocean, how about the guy who created it? You think you're going to get to the bottom of it? You, you're never going to reach the end of him, but the way you get in to him, if that makes sense, the way you start to swim, I'll put it that way, is simple. The ways you begin to swim is simple. It's simple. Just start your day with him. Talk to him. Just give him your attention. Five minutes. Five minutes. Hey, every young person out there, I'm staring at you now. Yeah, come on. You have, if you have five minutes to scroll, swipe left and right, which by the way, it's not how you find love. Uh, maybe someone has. Sorry. You know, I'll apologize to you if I ever meet you. But listen, <laughs> If you got five minutes to goof off on your phone, you have five minutes to just look at him. And this is all you have to do. Jesus, I know you're here. I'm listening. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I love you. I'm here. I want to do whatever you want to do. I give my day to you, my time to you, my heart to you. Lord, you know what I've been going through, you know my heart's been heavy. Here's my heart. Here's my emotions. Here's my burdens. I'm here. Just come, Lord. Just do what you want to do. This is your day. Bro, right there. I mean, I was I was literally pretending. And I feel peace. Do you feel peace? I felt I felt peace <laughs> immediately. I was like, we're actually praying right we're now. We're actually praying. I mean, I was kind of just giving you guys an example. But that's, it's, because, but you actually feel peace. I was, true. It, you actually feel rest because all of a sudden you're just aware of him. It's that easy, man. It's just as simple as your attention. And I would say, if you can give him your attention, you never get it wrong. And five minutes, I'm telling you, it's like a holy addiction, bro. That's why people who are addicted, they're just meant to be addicted to him. It's, 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 a, it's a natural tendency as humans to get addicted to things. Because we're meant to be addicted to him. So if you give him five, I promise you, you'll turn it to ten. And then once it's ten, it'll be thirty. Because you just can't get enough of him. Then it'll be an hour. Then it'll be two hours. Then all of a sudden your whole day is based around him and you didn't even you don't you didn't plan it. It just happened. Dude, I think about him constantly. And I have a a wife, a kid, a second one on the way, full time ministry, a church of five hundred people that I'm helping manage, a bunch of young people and their problems. And still, he takes up the majority of my conscience because he's just, he's too good. He's too good. I can't think about anything else. And I get lost in him. Sometimes it makes me a bad employee, actually, because I'll just be lost in him. And it's like, hey, Gerard, did you respond to those emails? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, man. Yeah, let me get on it. <laughs> I have to apologize sometimes. But he's just so good, man. He's so good. So I'm, uh, I feel like I'm going pretty long here. Dude, when I got on the mic... 
I had that one question, but I feel like it was pretty good. Pretty good. So we have a new dynamic here. He does. Te- he does first half. I do second half. I like this. Instead of three mics. But Brayden, you got anything else? Or are you good? yeah, you want to add? Well, all right. I thought, yeah, full circle for sure. For sure. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We Whoa, honestly could. We could. That's the, yeah. See, we could for sure. We could do that. Um, we appreciate you coming on, bro. Oh, dude, you too, man. I um, bro. Okay, I know this is like clocks running, but that's okay because I want to speak into your life, bro. Please. I do. think what you're doing and where you are in the Lord, I think, is one of the healthiest places I've seen in someone's heart. I think you have a genuine heart for the Lord. I think you really want to love him well. I think you're really genuine in your pursuit. Um, bro, I, I see I see the wisdom in your eyes. I see the childlike wonder. And I'd say don't lose it. And, bro, what you're doing, bro, it's not just, um, it's for the sake of a generation, bro. I think the heart that you carry is what I, if I was your pastor, would desire to see in every single one of my people that I pastor is someone that is grounded in the word, but genuinely has a heart to see Jesus move. And bro, God's going to use you to get your generation more than you think. And I think you're just getting started. And um, the testimony of you overcoming anxiety, bro, it's going to be a testimony that I think sets a lot of people free because young people struggle with it so much this day and age. And, bro, I think there's something on your life. Dude, you're just a champion for freedom. So um, I'm just praying, dude, that God gives you wisdom how to articulate it in this next season. Because I think you know how. Like you, I think, or maybe you don't know fully how, but I feel like somehow you knew you got to the other side. And maybe you know how or maybe you didn't. But I just feel like God's going to begin to give you the blueprint of how you actually got to the other side of um, anxiety and, and fear and how— and God's going to begin to give you the blueprint so that you can share it with others. So I just bless you, bro. I think there's something really cool in your life. Braden, you too, but you already know because I've talked Braden's ear, ear off for years now. But, um, yeah, dude, I just honor you, bro. I think you're awesome, man. I, I love what you guys are doing. So That's cool, man. Just keep going, dude. You know what's even crazier? Hmm. Would I be crazy to say that I've been thinking through things like why I've gotten here? Like, hmm. again, like... That's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, I've been thinking about things like why I'm being overcoming anxiety. Like what you just said. Yeah. It's kind of accurate. Jesus. Wow. Come on, Jesus. It's kind of accurate. Come on, Lord. Wow. I, I was like, dare I say? Dare I say it? Dare. As a I dare I say? No. I, no. I'm, I'm not, not just say, saying that to say that. No. 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 Like, I'll just put that. I, yeah, I don't. I don't like putting labels. I'll just say Jesus loves you, man. I just hope that's the Lord's heart for you, man. That's what I really feel. I appreciate so, that, brother. Appreciate you too. Love you, man. Love and love you, dog. Brayden. <laughs> and I love San Angelo, man. It's a cool town. Talk Bless about you guys. radiating joy. Just talk about you. Talk to this man for five minutes. Come on, bro. You'll leave happier. <laughs> but yeah, bro. Yeah. We're good, man. Love you, man.